Welcome to Wrong Voicemail Podcast, Boston Edition. I am your host, Maria Champa. Here's the story. My longtime husband, Justin Carr. Hi, I'm Justin Carr. There he is. Got a wrong voicemail. The first of many. I appreciate it, Chief. Sorry to bother you with it, but it's an important person uh, and a big supporter of mine. Now, you've heard of a wrong number, but a wrong voicemail? Different thing. It's when a total stranger leaves you a voicemail thinking you are someone else. And the ones we got, they go into detail. This guy's banks up in arms. Chief? I'm not the chief. No. You are obviously my first husband, Justin Carr. I clearly say my name in my voicemail greeting. Open your ears, jackass. All righty, chief. Cool your jets. In Wrong Voicemail Podcast, we have changed the names of those who left the wrong voicemails to protect their identities. And we got so many wrong voicemails, all of them from two guys in the same office in Boston, Mass. So we did the logical thing you do when you get 10 wrong voicemails. We laughed. (laughs) 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 Then... We got down to brass tacks and did some lighthearted investigation. Welcome to Wrong Voicemail, Boston Edition, where you'll not only laugh at these wrong voicemails, but you'll discover, along with us, who these guys are, what they want, and most importantly, what is their favorite kind of submarine sandwich? Wow. Four wrong voicemails so far, two from Fitzpatrick himself, and two from his apologetic, exhausted chief of staff, Brian Shanahan. Good times. (laughs) Uh, Let's recap. Where are we in this investigation? As of episode four, what have we learned from this lighthearted but hard-hitting investigation? I don't know. What have we learned, Maria? (laughs) Don't you remember last time we learned all about the chief of staff? Yeah, and what a chief of staff does, and what a standpipe is. Exactly. We also learned what a standpipe is and why it needs an inspection. What's the answer, Justin? Why does a standpipe need an inspection? Physics. That is correct. Physics. Physics. We learned a lot in episode four. We learned what Toastmasters was and why Brian Shanahan just might be able to benefit from it. And me as well. Yes. Well, no. We learned that you're perfect at cryptocurrency speeches and you don't need Toastmasters. We also did in that episode learn that I could use Toastmasters after all the physics lab stuff. Oh, or like, for our marriage you were saying. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was it because of all the, the lifelong improv lessons that you've been giving me during this marriage. Right, you were saying you, you didn't need Toastmasters. You would like to continue to take improv lessons, which means you would like to continue being married to me. So what we learned in the last episode was you are still on board with marriage. Yeah, sure. Is that not what you think we learned? We learned all sorts of things, didn't we? (laughs) See, your takeaway from last episode was that you could benefit from Toastmasters. But if you recall, you had a pretty perfect speech. Oh, uh, I know. I remember that. It wasn't a big takeaway. It was just one of the many takeaways. One of the many things we learned in the last episode. And if there's anything that you could benefit from, it would have been... Toastmasters. More improv? Oh, I get plenty of improv. Oh, my God. On a daily basis. We also learned that my husband, Justin Carr, and I were physics lab partners in the school year 1993-1994 at Beverly High School, just north of Boston, Mass. Until we had to be separated. 
We didn't have to be separated. I, I told you this, and you conveniently forget. I asked to be separated from you because I could not concentrate. Well, that's also a break in the case, isn't it? It's a huge break in the case. <laughs> <laughs> Maria was way too into Justin in 1993 and asked... Mr. Sullivan, the physics teacher, the AP physics teacher, if she could please have a different physics lab partner. Did it help your grades? Yes. It did. Well, I mean, a lot of things happened that semester, though. Quarter. There's quarters in high school, I remember. For, like, a whole quarter, I was the only student left in the class because I was the only junior and everyone That's was right. senior. So That's right. You had one-on-one -on -one teaching at that point. Actually, who did who was my new physics lab partner after you were reassigned? You didn't know. Apparently, they weren't nearly as important as me. I don't remember who it was. We also learned at that time you always had spearmint gum, extra spearmint gum, which I would always ask for, even though it gave me a splitting headache to chew it. Yes. We learned a lot last time on Wrong Voicemail Podcast, Boston Edition. But you know what? Let's dive in. Shall we dive in? Justin, do you have anything to yes, add? Yes, please. Let's just dive right in. Let's listen to wrong voicemail number five. That's what I'm here for. I want to hear these voicemails and then talk about them. Well, this one is from, once again, our favorite chief of staff, Brian Shanahan. Shanny. Hi, Chief. Bri Bri Shanny. Again. Fits the dits. Great Chief of Staff. Hope all is well. Sorry to be such a pain in the you-know-what on this. Um, I want to say thank you for, you know, for all the help. Do appreciate it. Uh, doesn't go unrecognized here in this office. Um, Fits the dits. They'll ask me just to reach out to you again on 9th uh, East Broadway. I guess what they're looking for, I guess they're at a standstill uh, after their standpipe stand inspection, which is to occur tonight at 5 p.m. They're at a standstill. And they're looking for a common area flooring flammability signed off on, and I guess during the inspection. Um, so didn't know if that was possible to expedite that. Uh, that would be great. Um, anything you could do, but please uh, just just give me a call back um, and just to confirm that you received the messages that I'm you know, that we're using the right number to to get a hold of you. That'd be great. Six one seven Boston Mass Kid. That's my cell offices. Six one seven. Boston Mass Kid fits the dead. Cell is 617. Boston Mass Kid. Thank you. Nine East Broadway. And there it is. Shanny does his standard intro. Hi, Chief. This is Brian Shanahan. Hope all's well. 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 Hope hope all's well. So this is. I feel like this is just something we say around the house now. Hope all's well. Hope all's well, Maria. Hope all's well, Justin. Hope all's well. Good morning. Hope all's well. Good morning. Hope all is well. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to tell you. Uh, I want a waffle. I would uh, like a, a bagel with cream cheese. I made some coffee. Uh, good morning. How was your sleep and dreams? I'd like to expedite this breakfast. Let's expedite the day. Hope all is well. Not so sincere. Does he really hope all is well? I think he does. Okay. I think these guys all, you know, want to know that everyone's getting along well and things are going well. What I love in this one, we heard something we've never heard. Sorry to be such a pain in the you-know-what on this. Um, Sorry to be such a pain in the you-know-what. Oh, in the you-know-what. You-know-what. He doesn't say... He doesn't even say but. He doesn't say but. He definitely does not say the word ass to the chief. No. Sorry to be such a pain in the you-know-what. 
Yeah. Jeez. Sorry to be calling you again. Jeez Louise, what a pain Had in the, the you wrong know number. What? I liked that. Yeah. It just seems like something you would say to a little kid or a very old man. It's a weird level of politeness to not say butt or ass mm-hmm. or rear. Sorry to be such a pain in the rear end. Sorry to be such a pain in the you-know-what on this. Yeah. So this one, again, is a standpipe-related issue, right? This is second in a long line of standpipe-related voicemails having to do with a specific address. Nine, uh, East Broadway. This standpipe is at a standstill? Right. There's, a, there's some big twists here, and I am not being dramatic. There's a few points here that have me scratching my head, pensive, twirling my mustache. Mustache. When he says, uh, I want to say uh, thank you for all your help. We do appreciate it. It doesn't go unrecognized here in this office. I want to say thank you for, you know, for all the help. Do appreciate it. Uh, doesn't go unrecognized here in this office. Um. Right. Yeah. Doesn't go unrecognized. Thank you for all your hard work. What? Wow, this is a big break in the investigation. Here's what we've learned. Somehow, even though they are dialing the wrong number and leaving wrong voicemails, the chief is still helping them. How? He's just doing his job. How is this happening, though, Justin? Things don't even need to be expedited. He's just doing his job as as he does. I mean, if he's magic. Yeah. So either he's magic or things are just getting done. Right. There is another option. Right, like in addition to them sending uh, voicemails to the wrong number, you know, could they also be sending emails? Is there another way that they're getting in touch with the chief so he knows these tasks that he's getting done without even receiving the voicemails? Right, like they could be sending him emails. That's a good point. Maybe they're sending the chief handwritten letters. Or telegrams. Telegrams. Morse code. Dear chief, stop. Hope all is well. Dear Chief, stop. Hope all is well. Stop. I'm writing to you from uh, a working session in uh, Somerville, hoping you can uh, join me for like a like a Bruins or a Celtics game. And a meatball sub at halftime. That would be great sometime. Right now, though, uh, I would like uh, you to help me uh, expedite. Yeah, I'd like you to expedite a standpipe at a standstill a sta- situation. It's a standstill inspection situation in Somerville. Some of them, uh, whatever. It's like uh, it's some some kind of address, whatever, whatever. Uh, so, something or other. Uh, send uh, send my best regards to your wife, Marjean, and uh, 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 sincerely, Fitzy and Shani. That's the handwritten letter that they would definitely send. Does anyone still write letters to each other? I don't know. Do you ever write letters to anybody? Yeah, I wrote a letter to one of my sisters. Well, it was very short. It wasn't a whole letter. It was one line. It was like, "Hey, you're great." Here's a bumper sticker of a band you like. <laughs> but it was like a letter. Yeah, I mean, you put it in the mail and they, they received it and read it. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a, a letter. I used to write letters. We used to write letters to each other. Yeah. You did have, most of the writing. I still have plenty of letters from you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't get any ideas. So you're saying that I should find those letters and read them on this podcast? No. I hear you loud and clear, Justin. Maybe in the next episode, I'll find those letters from the year 1996, 1997, where you're professing your undying love for me. What? 
You making a barf sound? Yeah, that's for the listeners. Huh. Those were sweet, sweet letters. I remember you saying that you had this friend who was a girl who would write you letters and you knew her from camp, but then you never wrote her back and you still feel bad about it. Is that true? I don't feel bad about it anymore. Huh. What was it that caused your guilt to disappear just the passing of time? This is a really prying sort of question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, sure. It was the passing of time. Well, it's all about reaching out to someone and them not getting back to you. Much like Fitzy and Shani are doing with us. Right. She might have thought that she had the wrong address. Or maybe she didn't and she just kept sending letters. Maybe. Have you ever received a love letter that wasn't intended for you? (laughs) (laughs) If so, get in touch with us. I've never received a love letter that wasn't intended for me, but I found love letters. Remember in the house we lived in in Winthrop? We found those love letters. Oh, yeah, those were great. Those were hilarious. They were the most boring love letters. They were. It was like, I'm thinking about you. And watching Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Wow, Ivana's dress is so pretty. Was that her name, Ivana? No. Ivana White? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was a really boring love letter. I enjoyed it. Maybe I'll read it next time. Anyway, back to the voicemail. Tangent, as usual. As usual. Next. And let's take things in scientific order here, just as a professional investigation would, because that's what we are. Shani gets down to brass tacks. This is the second of several voicemails about a standpipe inspection. It's been a while since we've heard anything about the fire in the North End. That is a real cliffhanger. It is just as much of a cliffhanger for us as it is for the listener here. Or just as much of a cliffhanger for the listener as it is for us. Yeah. Stay tuned about the North End. Hopefully we'll hear something more. But today, we discuss this. I guess they're at a standstill um, after their standpipe inspection, which is to occur tonight at 5 p.m. They're at a standstill. Woo! Anywhoozle, this is about a standpipe. A standstill. A standpipe standstill. Can I make two more boring words sound more titillating than that? Exciting. They need sign-off on a common area flooring flammability. Justin, you know what that is, don't you? (laughs) <laughs> and they're looking for a common area flooring flammability signed off on, and I guess during the inspection. An area flammability flaming. This is some technical stuff, people. They must get the flammability signed off. Yeah, no more flammable floors. Yeah, chief. Do the inspection, chief. Yeah, get that inspection done, chief. Get it done yesterday, chief. The standpipe standstill will not stand. Woof! Chief. There's no patience with these guys. Um, So didn't know if that was possible to expedite that. They want everything expedited, but they're very thankful when things must get just done in the course of business, I suppose. I want to say thank you for, you know, for all the help. Do appreciate it. Um, Doesn't go unrecognized here in this office. Um, Yeah. They probably assume the chief is, you know, just really busy, has too much work on his plate, and he's getting the things done, maybe not any faster than they would like, but they're still pleased that it's getting done, I guess. Justin, but they're still requesting to expedite things and get them done faster. Justin, do you think that both Fitzy and Shani are being a pain in the you-know-what? They are to me. They're calling my phone number and leaving me all these voicemails. 
at this point, at voicemail number five, it became a blur for me. And I was just like, just keep saving them and send them to me. And we didn't even listen to them. We just assumed we're just going to keep getting these dingbats, giving us a call, leaving their banana brain voicemails about expediting this and that and being pains in the you-know-whats. Hope all is well. And sure enough, they, they did. They keep sending them. Yeah. And this time, they even included everyone's phone number. We'll get to them including every single phone number as the last point in this scientific investigation, Justin Carr. Okay? Stick to the program. Stick to the program, mister. All righty then. Next thing he says is, uh, once again, he sounds like Lundberg from Office Space. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. Uh, shout out to Gary Cole. I'm a big fan. So is Shani. Next point in the investigation, he is pleading. And let's just listen to him plead for a moment here. Um, anything you could do, but please uh, just, just give me a call back. Um, right. Anything you can do. Please, just just give me a call back. Please, just give me a call back. Now, here's a twist, Justin, in the investigation. Huge twist. When Shani says... And just to confirm that you received the messages that, I'm, you know, that we're using the right number to, to get a hold of you, that'd be great. Just to confirm that you received the messages that, that were... We're using the right number to get a hold of you. This is the first indication that Shani suspects that he might not have the right number. Are we even using the right number to get a hold of you? He's frantic. He's panicked. There's probably really easy ways to figure that out as well. And just to confirm that you received the messages that, I'm, you know, that we're using the right number to, to get a hold of you, that'd be great. Note to the listener, he leaves five more voicemails. So, I don't think he follows up on this suspicion. Jeez. Because he figures, here's how I'm going to figure out if it's the right number once the chief calls me back. Because he just assumes he has the right number. But then he suspects maybe he doesn't. It's this moment of like, huh? What's going on? What's real? Why won't the chief call me back? Who am I? He's still getting the job done, but he never calls me back. Why does he hate me? Is it because I'm a pain in the you-know-what? I must be a big pain in the you-know-what, and I don't even have any Bruins or Celtics tickets. That's what it is. I hope all is well. Hope all is well. Poor Shani. I just picture him shaking his fists at the heavens when I hear this voicemail, you know? Bootless cries, as Billy Shakes would say, bemoaning his status as a failure, at dialing the incorrect number for the chief. But he does nothing about it, so I can't feel too bad about him. Right. Here is the real enigma. The puzzle, the quandary of this voicemail, Justin. Okay? Here's the $64 question. How can Shani suspect he might have the wrong number in the same voicemail in which he thanks the chief profusely for his help? This is a riddle. It really is. I mean, it's either one or the other. Either you have the right number or you have the wrong number. It's as simple as that. People don't want to believe that we live in such a black and white world, in either or, such duality, good or evil, but it's as simple as that. Either he has the right number or he doesn't, and Justin Carr just spelled it out. Right. And unlike genders, there's no number fluidity. There's no non-binary phone number. Which is (laughs) funny because the word binary doesn't deal with numbers. There's no cis number. (laughs) There are cis numbers. No, that's what every number is, right? I suppose. Ooh, we're really getting into it. Kind of like the ethics and the philosophy of numbers. 
Can numbers be morally right or wrong? Could they be gay? <laughs> this number is so gay. <laughs> I love it. My new gay best friend. <laughs> That's really dumb. I'm definitely not editing that out. Real dumb. So we asked the question, how can he suspect he might have the wrong number in the same voicemail in which he thanks the chief? And I think I know the answer why, Justin. I think it's that people are complicated, okay? Shani contains multitudes. He is a tough nut to crack. He's not just one thing. Hope all is well. I think it might have to do with insecurity as well. Sorry to be such a pain in the you-know-what on this. Um... Yeah? You know, like... Like, maybe I'm not important enough for him to call me back, you know? Like, maybe he's got the wrong number, or maybe he just doesn't like me. Maybe I really am a pain in the you-know-what. Yeah, and I think this goes back to a few episodes ago when I was saying these guys need to read Girl, Girl, Stop Stop Apologizing. apologizing. I mean, what is their sense of self-worth? They don't even know if they got the right number from the Rolodex or the mimeograph taped up on the old, I don't know, I picture it's a very, like, it's a small fridge, like a dorm fridge that's under one of their desks. Hmm. Maybe if they got a bigger fridge, they'd have a little more self-esteem. They wouldn't apologize every time they call or not be sure if they have the right number and not be motivated to do anything about it. Or maybe use a phone book that isn't from, like, the 1960s. You know they're using a phone book. They are. They're probably using... We haven't even had that, Justin. No, it's like an old phone book or... Didn't I mention this before? Like an old Rolodex or something? Rolodex is different from a phone book. A phone book is something that a small child sits on so that that he or she can reach the dinner table. Oh, true. A lot of of younger listeners might not know what a phone book is. Yeah. Now, I think that what everyone needs to do is watch The Jerk or at least go onto YouTube and search for the clip... Uh, called the phone book is here so they understand how important a phone book was to us in those days right it's how you determine that you are somebody the new phone book's here the new phone book's here yes i'm in the phone book i'm somebody i'm somebody here's my special purpose Mm -hmm. they hate these cans (laughs) great movie great movie again with the comedic movie recommendations Such a good movie. Oh, such a good movie. Maybe racist, actually. He thinks he's going to grow up and be black eventually, doesn't he? Because he grew up a poor no. black boy? He grew up a poor white boy He doesn't necessarily family. think his, his skin color is going to change, but he refers to himself as growing up as a poor black boy. I was born a poor black child. <laughs> That's so wrong. I mean, I think it's kind of wrong. But it's hilarious to me nonetheless. Yeah, and it's still kind of factual in a way. He grew up a white boy in a African-American right. family. Right. Now, the song that he sings at one point. No, we can't even. We're not going to go there. That's definitely not okay. And I think, should... it was, I think it was intentionally like calling out that's, that level of racism <sighs> in a way to kind of like hold a mirror up against racist America's face. But yes. at the same time, it's still, like, very uncomfortable <laughs> moment. Because 
just like All in the Family and other Norman Lear work, right. some people don't know that it's an extreme parody. Right, that's right. a caricature of how ridiculous these people are. They're right. just seeing exactly who they are and thinking they're funny for some reason. Yeah. What's the reason? Just for being your racist, misogynist, awful self? Not, no. that, not that the character in The Jerk is a racist character. No, he's just a dumb jerk. Yeah, he's he's just being himself. And Which he's you can get away with a lot. That's what you can get away with. Hey, I'm of course. just a stupid guy. I don't know yeah. any better. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. Whether or not it's racist, I love the movie The Jerk. Yes. We're winding down the investigation. Let's talk about the very last portion of this mysterious wrong voicemail. He leaves about 1,017 numbers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He leaves everybody's number. On a, on a phone number, he's not sure that he's got the right number on. So if we wanted to, we could call his cell number, his office number. The uh, chief directly. We could call his boss's number, his boss's cell number. We could, we could go to his house. We could get, We could write him a letter. We could write him a letter. He, he gave us all the contact information. You know what would have been great is if, like, we just started showing up at these addresses. Yeah. At the times that they're expecting, too. Like, he says <laughs> that they're expecting to have this finalized by 5 p.m. or hoping to or something, Mm -hmm. which is why he's trying to expedite it. So if we were to have shown up there at like 4.45 and just kind of like acted like we belonged, it would have been interesting if we like integrated ourselves into their story. That would have been a whole new way to approach these wrong voicemails, of course. And I could have shown up pretending I was the chief. I think they know who the chief is. (laughs) No, I'd I'd prove it by my phone number. Be like, go ahead, call, call the chief. I'm the new chief. I would love if that worked. (laughs) <laughs> if you were like, obviously I'm the chief because look, I have the voicemail and the phone number. And they'd be like, oh, chief, you look so different. Uh, sorry to be a pain in the you-know-what about telling you how different you look. I guess that new diet is working. Did you take <laughs> Tommy Lasorda's advice and go on SlimFast? <laughs> yeah, that would have been interesting. That just feels like an absurdist sketch. There. It also could be illegal, but yeah. It's definitely not illegal to show know. up at a place. Showing up at a place where they're expecting to inspect something this is the boston fire department having somebody show up and pretend that they're the chief of the fire department and kind of getting in the way of an inspection is probably illegal to some extent so yeah i'm glad i didn't do it but you didn't tell me you were going to impersonate them you just said you show up and say i'm the chief yeah yeah but maybe you're just razzing shanny a little bit (laughs) because obviously like i just want to see how that goes oh then i could just put them to work yeah See how long you can keep them believing that you're actually the chief. Another tangent. Right. He leaves every single number in the world. He leaves his number, his sister, his sister's number, his mother's mm-hmm. number, his father's number, the address of the standpipe standstill drama. Oh, God. It's like, is anyone listening? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Mm -hmm. Is anyone out there? Does anyone care? Poor Shanny. Poor Standpipe. This has been a shorter one, but I think very sweet, to the point, and hard-hitting. Justin, don't you feel like this has been the most hard-hitting of all our investigation sessions? I feel like I've been sucker-punched. That's right. Right in the nuts. Right in the jimmy. Right in the jimmy, because that's how we do things over here. 
at Wrong Voicemail, Boston Edition. Huzzah. That's it for this episode of Wrong Voicemail Podcast. Huge thanks to you, our listeners. Stay in touch. Email us with your thoughts, questions, wrong voicemails at wrongvmpod at gmail.com. No, really. If you've gotten a wrong voicemail, send it to us or just describe it in your email. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a dramatic recreation of it. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wrong Voicemail Pod. Wrong Voicemail Podcast is created and produced by me, Maria Champa, with lots of help from co-host and husband, Justin Carr, the recipient of all the wrong voicemails. Theme music is composed and performed by the illustrious Max Butler. Please visit his site at maxwellbutler.net to see and hear everything else he works on, including live performances, vintage instrument restoration, essays, and more. Wrong Voicemail Pod art was designed and created by the talented Clay Morell. Find him at Clay Morell on Instagram. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L. And don't forget to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, or wherever you listen, because it helps people to find our show. And we like that, because we love making this stuff. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about this show. Tell someone in Boston politics about this show. Tell your ma about this show. Why not? I like them apples.